hit me with your best thoughts. <laughs> Come on and hit me with your best thoughts. Hit me with your best thoughts. Your eyes away. <laughs> Hi, Nick. Hi, Caleb. How's it going? It is going so great. How do you feel about all three of the E's that we've seen on display this week? <sighs> the three E's have been amazing. <laughs> I am very excited mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. the Can you E's. give me one more? I am E-roused by the things we've learned about Well, this is our clean games. podcast. Video games. It is clean. That's clean. My interest has been aroused by the video games. Well, how do you feel about E3? Great, but it's really got me thinking about sports games. Again? Yeah, more sports. I thought we could get out of it. <laughs> no, I, uh, you know, I've just had sports on the brain do lately. You, do you like FIFA on the Switch? I do, I do. <laughs> I do like FIFA on the Switch. Uh, that's one of the E's. Yeah. I have been really, really interested in that game that I've seen uh, that's on its way out. That's got all the dogs competing in Olympic events. The Winter Olympics. What? Yeah, there's like a whole bunch of different dog breeds and they're all competing in like Winter Olympic events. I haven't seen that at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks super fun. It sounds great. Yeah. Uh, It's called dog sledding. It's called dog sledding. Okay. Yeah. It's called dog sledding, but there's a lot of different events. That's just one of them. Dog sledding is obviously on the cover because of the dogs. That's like when you buy Mario Party because you just want to have a party, but there's like a lot of stuff that happens in that game. Right, 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 right. It's not you just gotta party. You got to go through all the the three branches of government that we used to have. Mm-hmm. You got to do the um like you got to do first, second, third, fifth grade. You skip fourth grade because mm-hmm. it's a party. Yeah, and they didn't have time to <laughs> get it all in there. But like you have to go through like all these different game development. Th- you know, you always have to yeah. cut something. You got to cut something, and like fourth grade, come on. <laughs> Who needs it? But they're like, yeah, so it starts with dog sledding yeah. because I just, I guess they just couldn't get rid of that great pun. They yes. couldn't set that aside. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of other, there's a lot of other events. The Border Collies. Yeah. They do a lot of uh, luge. They do, Border Collies do the luge. Yeah, Border Collies do the luge. And Labradors do the, um. what's it called when a horse dances? Dressage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Labbies do the dressage. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Labbies, that, and that's a Winter Olympic event. Yep. Dressage. Mm-hmm. And then, but what I'm really excited to see uh, out of all of these yeah. is I want to see the Mutski. How dare you? I feel like it's getting to the point where I need to add like a little asterisk asterisk like let me explain what this is but I think if you've listened to our speed reading in the past you know who Mutsky is Mutsky is Sonic's best friend dog yeah our favorite character and you undermined our legitimate E3 coverage for your sick pleasure (laughs) (laughs) we'll get to that when we do maybe some Sonic news later we're here live from the E3 show floor. Yeah, it's been, you know... Oh, it is wild around here. They opened the doors up to everybody, and let me tell you, everybody came. <laughs> yeah, including us who have always been here, mm-hmm. but we did also come to this one. Yeah, I live in this particular warehouse, and so it's been, you know, it's been bananas to see all these people encroaching on my home. Bring the camera over here, Caleb. Let's take a look over here. We're looking here live at the PlayStation booth. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, oh, whoa. Hey, PlayStation? Yes? Where's all your Sonic? Oh, uh, I'm not at liberty to say. We're out of time. <laughs> honk, honk. Not enough Sonic in the Sony booth. I'm waiting, am I right? I'm waiting. <laughs> <laughs> this is just n- another episode of Good Reporting. And back to you in the studio, Nick and Caleb. Hi guys. Hi everyone. Welcome to your two show. We want to thank Nick and Caleb for being on the show floor, coming live to us from there. And maybe we'll check in with that a little bit later. I would like to thank myself personally for surviving that bit and making it all the way through. I would like to thank myself for being so fun. <laughs> Today we watched the adventures of Sonic the Hepa. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? <laughs> Sonic the what? Sonic. 
hippopotamus. Sonic the hippopotamus. Sonic the hippopotamus. We are feeling a little loopy because we just went to 1993. We just traveled back in time. We went all the way to 93. To 1993. And, and we watched, if you took Bugs Bunny, if you took Bugs Bunny and you mashed him up with the Roadrunner, but yeah. then you made him a hedgehog, uh-huh. that's like what we just and watched. And you added just like a, like a heaping tablespoon of the worst Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> Bad Beast Wars. Yeah, no, not Beast Wars at all. Yeah. <laughs> there was no beast about it. So the first episode is called The Super Special Sonic Search and Smash, Smash Squad. Squad. Welcome everyone. You are now an honorary member of the Smash Squad. The Sonic Search and Smash Squad. If you <laughs> Do you think this foretold that he would one day be a part of the Smash Squad? It's the Smash Bros. <gasps> well, this episode contained the seeds of almost every future intellectual property of all media. This like, episode is like the turning point. You know they're talking. You know how people talk about we're in a golden age of television right yeah. now. It all started here. This with is it. Jaleel White, the crew, and <laughs> a and a Looney Tunes lookalike with the power of Jackson Pollock skies. Mm-hmm. With, with a background comparable to point-and-click adventure games sold to you as children. You get this much talent in a room together. Mm-hmm. And you invent the future. Yeah. This is the Xerox park of millennial television and video games. Yeah. And that's where they invented the graphical user interface, and you're looking at me like, what's Xerox park? Mm, you know, actually, I wasn't, and I wasn't going to ask, but I really like that you took the opportunity to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> What I'm saying is, Xerox Park didn't get the attention or credit that they deserved. They didn't mm-hmm. have a hit product. But Steve Jobs swooped in there and was like, ooh, graphical user interface, mouse pointer, don't mind if I do. Mm. Swiped that for the Apple. Gooey? Nintendo, in 2016, looked at this episode of Sonic the Hedgehog and went, oh, that's how you do it. We can do that. We can do that. Oh, we need to have a, a hat and a mustache take over another ip yeah we can do that mm, we need to have somebody in a tunic standing in front of some trees uh-huh sounds and, great and put on a pumpkin for a head got it nailed it breath of the wild nailed it does he put on a pumpkin for a head in breath of the wild he will <laughs> dlc he will the dlc is coming it's we coming do not soon. know that he won't have the pumpkin for a head i guess i should summarize the plot of this episode please do it will not do it justice because the point of this was the sight gags and the fun times but the episode plot was interesting on its own right we're about to hear a little excerpt of the uh the theme song which you may you may get a little confused don't worry so were they like three different songs in there mm-hmm. it's like hall of the mountain king yep. fly to the bumblebee the theme from ending a level in sonic mm-hmm. and like you know just all mashed together into one weird key and all of justin bieber's songs are foretold in that one piece of music <laughs> again this is the seed this is the, this seed is the for singularity this is the this mm-hmm. is the the birth the death and rebirth mm-hmm. of western culture this is the infinite crisis. This is one of those weird Malcolm Gladwell Freakonomics moments where yeah. you realize that what you thought, like you thought, okay, of course Justin Bieber was inspired by Hall of the Mountain King and Flight of the Bumblebee. Yeah. Like that's what everybody thought and everybody expected. But yes. what they didn't realize was that it wasn't the originals that he was influenced by. It was this theme from The Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog 1993. A lot of people say Bieber trying to crib from Michael Jackson. But as we know, Michael Jackson wrote a lot of the music. Sonic the Hedgehog, mm-hmm. and bing, 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 bing. Yeah, you guys are just not looking at the truth. You're We're not seeing deeper. Ding, ding, ding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the nice things about this, one of the nice things about this project is that I really think we're learning to see reality in a fresh new way. I see everything in sh- sh- 
startling clarity. Mm-hmm. What happened in this episode of The Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, Caleb? So it starts with a frame. Sonic and Tails get caught in a tree, and we see Grounder and Scratch, who are Robotnik's robots for this series, his main robot buddies. Yes. Scratch and Grounder are immediately tricked by Sonic, saying, hey, wait, don't you remember us? We're friends. We're, we're good pals. And Scratch and Grounder are like, I don't know who you are. What do you mean? And Sonic says, no, we know you. It all started the day you were born. <laughs> And so we're treated to most of the episode, which is a flashback to the day Scratch and Grounder were born. Yeah. Basically, what it came down to was Robotnik hosted a get-together TED Talk for all the bounty hunters in the world. Mm -hmm. Most of which he had made. Yeah. he, He put up a PowerPoint presentation explaining to these robot bounty hunters that if they defeat the hedgehog, which he hates, then he will give them a billion Mobians. Mobiums? Mobiums. Mobiums. Yeah, that's we're presuming that that's a kind of Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like dollars are a kind of Bitcoin. <laughs> the pound is a kind of Bitcoin. And mobiums are another kind of Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. So basically, if, if you're having trouble following, he offers them a billion Bitcoins to kill Sonic the Hedgehog. And when they, when they fail to do so because Sonic and Tails are too crafty, too wily. Yep. He decides to make new robots that are smarter than all of those, better than all of those, and he does a little, like, witch ceremony where he throws a bunch of stuff into a cauldron. He brews up robots. Yeah. It's in very interesting. Robo-brewski. I think this is our first time we've ever seen him actually make robots in front of us that aren't roboticized people. That may be true. So it seems like the way that his machine works is kind of a symbolic thing. You throw in a diploma... You throw in some nuts and bolts. Right. And you throw in some rotten eggs. Yeah, he says he wants the robots to be as rotten as he is. He cracks two eggs open. Um, horrific ghosts come out and then also a pair of socks. <laughs> a lot of other like stuff. Like a falls lot out of, of smelly eggs. stuff comes out of two tiny eggs. Yeah. But it starts with angry, goopy ghost monsters. But mostly what he got out of that was kind of a chicken-esque form. Yeah. Like, I think the egg kind of overpowered everything I else. think that must have been what it was. Yeah, the eggshells turned it into a chicken. Yeah. So... Scratch is the chicken who pops out, yep. and then he decides that he's going to clone Scratch so that there are two Scratches and that they can more easily defeat Sonic. Yes, but alas, Scratch, who is a new baby, a newborn baby, mm. tries to help and pulls an extra lever, goofing up the cloning process and making an entirely different robot. Our sweet baby bot goofed his own twin. <laughs> but luckily, that mm-hmm. resulted in a more well-rounded skill set. So Grounder... <laughs> So Grounder has drills and treads and eyes that are little dials Mm -hmm. behind these dial eyes. (laughs) And and they proceed to spend the next, I don't know, 45 minutes or so of my human life. (laughs) Um, The next 400 years. Doing Roadrunner. Literally. Literally Roadrunner gags. Yes, 100% Roadrunner and Bugs Bunny gags. Yeah. Thrown into this episode for the next forever. But Sonic is kind of both Wily e. Coyote and the Roadrunner. Yeah. He he sets his like they're both trying to set traps for each other. Well, but that's Sonic's why I think, work and theirs don't. That's why I think it's Bugs Bunny more than Wily e. Coyote, because he okay. focuses more on costumes and deceit. One well, of the, I think it's more Roadrunner because when he runs on the road it flips up off the ground like ribbon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Well that's what I'm saying. It's both. Yeah, it is both. He but is like both. it's more. It's like more Roadrunner. And they are <laughs> They are actually they they are both Wiley e. Coyote and uh, Elmer Fudd uh, because there's even that point where Coconut, who we're about to talk about, Coconuts says like I'm declaring Hedgehog season. We're already talking about Coconuts. Coconuts is Ape Escape. Yes, he is the Ape Escape robot. So Coconuts is a monkey that has a little siren on his head, and yep. when Coconuts finds out that these two have been created, and because of that, he has been relegated to cleanup duty for the evil lair. He decides he's going to catch Sonic on his own to make sure that he's promoted and that Robotnik appreciates him and loves him. Yeah, and we can see that he comes from the Robotnik Eggman school of plans to defeat your enemy. Yeah. Because he sets up a chili dog stand, is brewing poison while wearing a disguise. Implying he's going to put poison on chili dogs and sell them to Sonic. Sonic and Tails walk right in and say, I'll have a hundred chili dogs, my man. And then instead of serving them chili dogs, he immediately loses all of his cool, rips off his disguise. Yes. Is like, I'm going to get you. And then Sonic and Tails sit there while his chili dog shop goes through an entire uh, Zord 
transformation. Yes, exactly. And like zooms backward on the ground, lips up into the sky, grows arms, grows 20 guns, and yep. then just like shoots at them while they run away. And this is where the idea for Shadow of the Colossus came from. <laughs> exactly. This is the this is the beginning of Shadow of the Colossus. And it's a giant a giant robot with a chili dog for a head. Mhm. Mhm. That that classic team Ico flare. It's so tough, but it's really worth it. Mhm. <laughs> so coconuts ruled and went totally bananas over them trying to fight them and destroy right. them he ends up getting in the way of the other two robots catching sonic and tails like even when they finally capture tails and use that as leverage against sonic and get him in a cage sonic tricks coconuts into messing them up in order to get to win yes for him to get uh, robotnik's approval yes it's revealed to us that robotnik never would have given anybody real approval anyway because as soon as they say we caught sonic the hedgehog he says of course you did now i'll be right over there so you can congratulate me for making you and therefore catching sonic the hedgehog obviously because Mm -hmm. that's what you were built to do so they are all fighting for the approval of a man who will never give it to them yeah feel you got it and then (laughs) (laughs) and then they all get captured in a cage because sonic tricks coconuts sonic runs away Oh, no, Robotnik arrives. Yeah. Robotnik arrives. Sonic fights all of them. It ends up with Robotnik falling onto the robots and murdering everybody in this awful, like, like, Scratch's head is on a pike and, like, Grounder's head is, like, rolling around the ground and Coconuts is in pieces. And this is where the original idea for Game of Thrones came from that's exactly right like if if y'all thought the twists in game of thrones came a little early in the story welcome to the first episode 20 of the minutes in Hedgehog. everybody's decapitated yeah bones and bolts everywhere it's thereby, a mess thereby explaining why yes. scratch and grounder don't remember this day because clearly they've been completely rebuilt they since were then. destroyed utterly and they did not have time to upload their memories to the mainframe exactly so scratch and grounder are Back in the end of the frame narrative, wow. Scratch and Grounder are like, oh, I don't actually like that story that you just told. Yeah, why don't stories have a happy ending, because says you, Grounder? Because you murdered us and then got away. Yeah. That doesn't sound like a good story from no. our perspective. <laughs> and Sonic is like, don't worry, it will have a happy ending. He just, apparently, which he could have done the whole time, just spins out of the hands, saves Tails, and they run away. And that's the episode. It's a lot. Oh, we didn't talk about why it was called the Super... Search and destroy Sonic Smash Squad? Uh, The super secret Sonic Search and Smash Squad. Yeah. Yeah. So it's because Scratch and Grounder were built to be in charge of that squad. Right. Which was, or to be that squad. Yeah, they're the squad. And Coconuts wanted to be in charge of the squad, so that's why he started to fight. But this was the first episode, and it actually was a really effective way of introducing us to all the characters. That's true. It was a little bit chaotic. Yeah. Like, not that that's weird for mm-hmm. the Sonic series, but it there was a lot. Yeah. Um, I remember watching this show as a kid i did watch this one for sure yeah but i do not remember its details whatsoever yeah i watched it a couple times in weird places like i watched it at a laundromat because it was on in the background at one point i have a really vivid memory of that yeah did you see sonic like spinning into a buzzsaw and then your eyes drifted and saw the clothes turning in the dryer Mm -hmm. and your young mind was forever forever tied and that's why you only wear sonic clothing now mm, that's actually a really good origin story for me yeah, yeah it's a good it's theory the origin of your fashion uh-huh. <laughs> which is your superpower <laughs> so the jokes this episode and that's something that i do want to stress so underground yeah uh, here this is a good time for us to touch back on the other things we've watched right. and what we already see is different yep so underground a lot of the humor we found in underground was in the animation itself and us like finding funny things within it yeah the show itself was really solid and we liked a lot of it but like the jokes and the stuff that was funny was just like the way that it was drawn and framed. Yeah, a lot of the time. Sonic Boom was trying really hard to put humor in its dialogue, which was like hit, hit or, or miss. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so funny. I was going to say hit or miss. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like that's exactly the right way to describe it. Yeah. And then Sonic X had took a really natural, like character based approach yeah. to its like. Uh, humor mm-hmm. and so that came out kind of naturally in the way the characters interacted yeah and this one they are trying to make a classic like 
this is a Looney Tune. You're going to laugh because they're doing funny voices. They're wearing funny costumes. They're tricking each other. Yes. And they're doing slapstick comedy. Yep. And they were, that's like really, really built into this. Mm-hmm. And every second Sonic's putting on another outfit. Sonic's doing another funny voice to pretend to be something. Yeah. Uh, all the villains universally have the trait of believing anything told to them. Yeah. So that as soon as anything is said to any of them about like asserting some sort of authority, all the characters immediately believe it. For example, at the end, yeah. when Eggman gets brought down, it's because Sonic tricks one of the robots into letting him use their phone. Yep. Gets on the robot's phone, calls Eggman, and says that he's, like, ground control? Uh-huh. Which there isn't one nearby, and Eggman's not an airplane, and Eggman's been flying himself. Like, he's in charge of himself. But yeah. as soon as Sonic says, I'm ground control, and there's, like, a dust cloud up that Sonic has made, Eggman's like, oh, great, help lead me to the ground. Yeah. And Sonic says, do you see the red lights? And Tails is blinking red lights at him. Uh-huh. And Eggman says, yeah, I totally see them. And then Sonic says, okay, you're three feet from the ground, so just drop. And as soon as Eggman does, it turns out he's much, much higher. Yeah. Falls to the ground. And and everyone dies. And every and everybody falls to pieces. Yeah. But it is. It's about, like, just accepting the conditions presented to you immediately. Yeah. It's, a, it's a, the ultimate, like, improvisational battle. <laughs> right? Everybody's on board. And that allows the context to shift w- within seconds mm-hmm. and to set up a new gag and to change what's going to happen. Yeah. I-, I never really thought of the Looney Tunes relationship that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's exactly what's happening. And it was it was really, really fun. Like, yeah. we were genuinely laughing at a lot of it. Yeah. A lot of the surprises were actual surprises. Like the coconut buildup, it was goofy that he didn't just poison them. But the fact that it escalated yep. from what you expected it to be to something way, way weirder was, was totally satisfying and fun. Great. Yeah. Coconuts' voice acting was really, really good and funny. Yes. Lots of really weird laughs that were different every single time. So Coconuts had this impression of being totally off the wall. Yep. And... Uh, all of them had like fun voice acting. Uh-huh. The robot designs were totally weird and dorky. They were like, they were like robots that somebody had drawn in just like a few seconds each. Yes. And the result, like just off the top of their head, and then committed to them immediately. So the result was that one of them was just a pink blob with wheels, <laughs> and like one of them was like a a gladiator wearing a kilt, but then his head was like a bird's head. Yeah. Like, and he had a voice that was like, oh no, like, what are you doing over here? Yeah. And it was just all these really, really strange design choices that together did have a cohesion, like a weird, because they were all like one color. Stylistically, they matched. They all looked like, um, like knockoff action figures from 1993. (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly right. It's like knockoff action figures. They looked like, they look like they had been made in 10 seconds to approximate what a scary robot looks yep, like. exactly. It was awesome. And pretty great. And the sh- sh- group shots of them are really wonderful. Mm-hmm. Like, really funny. Yeah. There's a lot of attention paid. Like, the backgrounds are also obviously really quickly done in a yeah. way that seems very quick. But it also could just be that they made some strong stylistic choices about this world. And That's that- not a, f- like, it's not that weird for cartoons from that era yeah. to have that kind of background. Like, watching something like Rocco's Modern Life. Mm-hmm is bizarre because it's all happening in this like pastel vacuum yeah but even like Rocco's modern life and roadrunner and all that gave you a sense of place that was really strong i think roadrunner more so yeah i just rewatched some Rocco's like recently and was shocked at how weird and vacant it was that's interesting first few episodes anyway uh, that's interesting i it's i haven't watched it in so long but my impression of it is so powerfully like i can see like the place and it was really weird but maybe i just watched the pilot which had like lower budget i think maybe that's what i'm thinking of okay i can remember places from that later anyway roadrunner but roadrunner did that so effectively yeah like roadrunner felt like you were in this desert and all of the backgrounds all felt kind of cohesive and you were there and and Looney Tunes did that too with a variety of different places. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But this one is like you're on a stage in yeah. abstract art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like it, and that's what I was. That's kind of how I felt about like the adventure game thing because it really does feel like yeah. one of those like animated FMV games, which is not what an FMV means, an AMV game. Uh huh. Where like there would be like cartoons moving around in front of a background mm-hmm. that was obviously really really static, yes. and that's how parts of this felt. Totally. But it was cool. It was like a whole cartoon playing out in an old paper cup. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And it did not it did not take away from they they focused on the fun stuff, which was the interactions between Sonic. It was just Sonic dunking on these robots over and over and over for like 30 minutes. Yep. And he was given just like Bugs Bunny, given as many superpowers as he needs in order to keep dunking on them. Yep, exactly. And we've talked a couple times about 
Sonic's relationship to Bugs Bunny. And mm-hmm. I don't remember whether we've read or heard anything about that factoring into the design. Have I we- think that he was like, they wanted to capture some attitude kind of like Bugs Bunny. Yeah, in, and his, in, his yeah. noodly arms and legs and mm-hmm. like the animations and stuff. So to see this first cartoon incarnation of him yeah. really go hard for that is interesting. And this is also potentially his the first example of his I'm waiting quote. It might be. And it revealed that they still don't know how to do it. They already didn't know how to do it. (laughs) Every single time Sonic has said I'm waiting, it has been at an inappropriate time. And it is because this show never allows enough time for that joke to land. Yeah. Like, Sonic is never waiting. And I think they they are always wanting that to be the joke, that, right. it is, that he actually has not waited. He, yeah, exactly. But it doesn't land like that. It was weird. A lot of the timing was weird in this particular episode. Yeah. And it is kind of an artifact of the, like, all of this stuff would have been assembled analog. Yeah. Right? Like, mm-hmm. you, you would have done all of these frame uh like frame by frame paintings uh and put together on film and mm-hmm. edited on film and, or or tape and and like Whoa. god what an what an a nightmare that is to even think about doing yeah wow and so when you have these kind of weird gaps where something stays on screen for a second or two longer than you think it should and mm-hmm. this happened in uh, underground also you have to remember that that's the context of the editing where it was extraordinarily difficult to change something once it had yeah. been made yeah um so it's a one of these like it's a miracle that a group of humans made this sort of thing at all ever. Yeah. And so you got to give it a little slack there, but, (laughs) but yeah, there's a lot of weird timing in the jokes and especially a joke that relies on timing. Uh I'm waiting kind of draws that into more attention. Like it puts more attention on it and Mm -hmm. makes it worse feeling. Yeah. The, what I like, what I noticed about this probably is that the slapstick was funny and the yeah action sequences and the fight sequences were designed in a way that was funny yep the dialogue was good except when it was definitely trying to land a one-liner yeah almost every time that it tried to be like this is a joke that didn't land yeah so there was like a there was a part where a, a bunch of sausages fell yes. on grounder <laughs> and sonic goes now that's what i call the missing links and it was just like sonic sonic my sweet baby that Ooh. was there were so many pieces of that joke that you did not have to put together. There's something culturally about the missing link joke in the early to mid nineties. Yeah. I remember thinking that joke hundreds of times as a child. Yeah. I don't know why, but there was something, I, there was one of those jokes that cartoons would come back to. Well, that well, that was right after we really started. I feel like culturally talking about that as a group and accepting that idea. For yeah, real. I guess it. Yeah. But it was one of these like, one of these jokes that you could throw out and everybody got it, whether it was a good joke or not. Yeah. Anyway. No, that, I think that's totally fair. And they, but this we, we epi- were discovering new skeletons and new uh, st- new fossils all the time. I remember as a kid hearing all the time about that. Yeah, idea. exactly. But maybe the reason that joke was given such a weird, like, surreal feeling is mm-hmm. because this cartoon is the missing link between human culture as it was before <laughs> and as it was to be. Mm-hmm. So so if, if it feels like a jumbled mess, it's just because they're trying to plant the seeds of inspiration for everybody. Right. And it's, again... That's a lot of pressure for one TV show. A lot of pressure, but they, they handled it with a plum. Mm-hmm. They really did a great job. If you want to see some examples of some other stuff that they reference in the episode, you should look at our Twitter because we have a lot yeah. of funny ones. There's like there's like a shot that literally is Courage the Cowardly Dog. Yep. It's great. There's a... Yeah, we got, we got Mario. We got Zelda. We got everybody. <laughs> Everybody's in there. Speaking of people that are in there, can we talk about Tails for a second? Yeah. So this is old Tails design. And the weird thing is that when Tails appears in the game, he looks more like orange and he looks more like himself. This design. He's a squirrel. He's like squirrel color. He's a squirrel. (laughs) He's like brown. Foxes, Foxes aren't even brown. Like, they're not yellow. No. But they're not brown for sure. Yeah, it's really more of an orange, and I guess they never quite nail it. <laughs> He's pretty orange in uh, Sonic X. I think his coloring uh-huh. in Sonic X is very good. Mm-hmm. Well, a little too orange, a little too yellow. Anyway, foxes come in all shapes and colors, as we all do. Yeah. But this is a squirrel. I'm interested in, yeah, I'm interested in knowing why, why Tails went from squirrel to 
beautiful blonde baby boy. Yeah, I don't know. I I imagine if he was brighter, he would disappear into the backgrounds. Oh, because the backgrounds kind of occupied that. Like mm -hmm. coloring somebody yellow is probably not a good idea in this kind of with this kind of animation. Because yeah, the backgrounds are all red and orange. Yeah. So I don't I don't know, but he had he was a little bit like scraggly looking <laughs> and a little bit just like his whole body shape was different. Yeah. And there were there were variations in his height from from scene to scene. <laughs> There's one where he was very short and cute, and then others where he was almost as tall as Sonic. And, and like he was voiced by an actual like eight year old child. There was a child <laughs> speaking the lines and it was adorable. Jaleel White was still Sonic, but Tails' voice was an actual child and it was very cute. Yeah, he was Sonic, very- what are you doing? He was very cute and like his relationship to Sonic in this one had much more of a like little brother big brother kind of feeling mm-hmm. like Bec- he was kind of tagging along and looking looking on wide-eyed and Sonic would tell him to you better spin your tails and tails would be like oh I'm go- okay I'll do it <laughs> wind up those tails yeah wind up those tails what a scary thing to say to someone yipes so they and they refer to Sonic explicitly as a teenager yes. in this mm-hmm. and then later on Sonic calls tails kid so yep. that dynamic is immediately established mhm mhm um, another dynamic that is immediately established in the very first shot after the opening credit sequence mm-hmm. is butts. <laughs> and I don't know if that's a very f- oh oh okay it's absolutely a about. theme. There are some funny butts in this. There are some funny butts. Talk so- about an animal butt encyclopedia. <laughs> throwing it all the way back um we start with uh, the camera is between sonic's legs which are like behind him flopping out like weird noodles they're bowed out like a noodle cowboy (laughs) like a spaghetti western like a a true spaghetti western (laughs) got him got him got him got him yeah heck yeah um and 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 his butt is resting on top of the title <laughs> of the show, and we tweeted a picture of that, which includes the phrase "Smash Squad," <laughs> Sonic's butt, his weird legs, and they're f- clomping up and down like. Clop, 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 this is <laughs> it's amazing. This, this isn't like classic Sonic. They haven't figured out yet the just having his legs spin right. trick. Yeah, that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> so they just have them flooping forward, <laughs> and he's he's apparently going very quickly. But in the absence of any other context, we have no way of knowing that except that the ground is lifting up. Yeah. So his feet are just flopping forward, and then later on we see <laughs> Robotnik digging around in his thing, and they make a big show out of his like huge butt. When he's getting his witch stuff ready, mm-hmm. he's rummaging around in a closet, and his giant butt is hanging out the back. And then um, Grounder mm-hmm. accidentally puts his leg on his head... And then his face on his butt Mm -hmm. when he comes apart and he reassembles himself. And then he looks at himself in horror at what have I wrought? Who am I? What what have I bought? Um, And that's the TMTM. That's the name of my new Eggman fanfic. uh, What have I bought? What have I bought? Yeah. um, So the, yeah, it's just like a pretty good amount of butts. Also, (laughs) another thing about Eggman in this. Yeah. Is that Robotnik has a lot of of robot features that we've never seen before. Yes. And it's unclear how many of these are, like, metaphorical. Mm -hmm. Like, how much of it is just to represent, like, oh, this is a silly Looney Tunes joke, and this is kind of how he feels. Right. And how much of it is actually what's happening, because there's a point where his the top of his head lifts up, and, like, a little sign telling everybody to boo pops out of it. Yeah. And, like, all of these other weird mechanic things happen with him. At one point, he crunches his own teeth down, which is scary. That was one of the most horrifying things I've ever seen. (laughs) Robotnik is shown as being like maybe mostly robot yeah. in this version mm-hmm. and this so thinking about it this way and it's interesting that I've never thought about this before mm-hmm. the question has always been like why is there a human in the Sonic universe yeah. right what if he's just not one I don't think he is what if he's just a robot I think that that has been my sort of quiet assumption for a long time yeah that he might be partly human and we've talked about it a little bit but like yeah. he may be partly human or formerly human or something, but I think it's entirely likely that he roboticized himself at his earliest opportunity. Yeah, and so it would make sense that he could, if he had roboticized himself, yeah. he could have been around since humans were around, uh-huh. and has just survived forever. <gasps> oh, Like, and just been around for so long. We got an Ice King situation. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's a situation where he's just kind of gone mad from being alive forever. He's been making his own friends mm-hmm. and enemies. <laughs> Uh, for a really long time. And 
and I, doesn't know how to do otherwise doesn't yeah, know yeah exactly uh it's entirely possible mm-hmm. i don't know that it's not the case also imagine imagine yeah some sort of apocalypse scenario happens yes everybody dies except for like him yeah he is alone for a really long time alone on the whole earth mm-hmm. just kind of has it to himself yep. and then these like species start growing consciousness mm. and start growing up and they become these powerful people and then like com- like uh, persons unto themselves sonic and they develop a kingdom and they start claiming the land and setting territories yeah, yeah. and this has been your world yeah. for so long like mm-hmm. just your world i can see maybe why someone who is already predisposed to evil yeah. could get frustrated with a bunch of people staking claim to land that has been only yours alone for centuries I guess so, yeah. Yeah. He wants to take over the world because he already was kind of in charge and he feels bad that nobody notices that or recognizes it. Yeah, he didn't feel... Like, he didn't feel like he had to put up signs everywhere Mm -hmm. when it was just little squirrels. But once it's a big squirrel with two tails, (laughs) now he's got a different different problem. What if he made this evolution occur? What if he, like, wanted to be in charge? Yeah. So he, he lifted up everybody into consciousness oh my god and then he lost control of them it was a bad like all of his experiments it went wrong he he lost control of them Mm -hmm. they stopped caring about him and so then he he has now migrated to okay i guess i just need to turn them all into robots which he already feels like he has the right to do because he in a way created them in the first place jeez there's a lot of empty space in the Eggman story yeah and pretty much every way we like find to fill it up is horrifying it's horrible yeah Ugh. but the, and that makes sense because you don't create somebody who's that just like evil and like comfortable saying they're evil and yeah. saying they're bad and all that stuff like you don't create someone with that kind of confidence if they don't go through some horrible stuff or they not just, if they don't go through it but if there isn't something horrible involved right exactly yeah and given given that there's not like a functioning economy like because that's another way you become super evil. Yeah. Because you just are Jeff Bezos. But, um, like, in this version of, uh, in the adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, in mm-hmm. this show, they say something like, ah, civilization, there's nothing there. Yeah. They are in a desert. There are maybe some buildings on the horizon. There are like, and there are, like, four buildings around them. Because I think they say that when they come into a very tiny town. Uh-huh. And that's when the, like, uh, the bounty hunters rampage through it and bust up some of the walls. Right, right. But yeah, there's like three or four buildings. I think that makes a strong case for this being a post-apocalyptic yeah. uh, scenario. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I wonder I wonder what the series does to world build. <laughs> <laughs> but even then, even well, even a, it's possible that it's not post-apocalyptic, but that this they're doing better than humans and haven't felt the need to urbanize the world in quite the same way okay sure if they have a more naturalistic relationship to yeah the planet then mm-hmm. sure which would make sense when it's compared to the fact that robotnik is always in charge of big cities and I, like yeah. polluting giant cities that he's created out of metal mm-hmm mm-hmm i like it mm-hmm. i like that and it's and as far as we know sonic and tails are nomads like they just kind of travel around they have a kind of don quixote uh sancho panza <laughs> They absolutely do. In this particular episode. Yeah. Where they're just traveling around, getting into trouble. Searching for chili dogs. Mm -hmm. It's not even really confirmed why Robotnik hates that hedgehog in this. He says there's been one teenager that always thwarts my plans. Yeah. And then he reveals his slideshow of giant Sonic. And Sonic looks so good in the picture. It's a really good picture. It's a really good picture of him. Very Um, good slideshow. But he, uh, you know, that's all we know. And it Mm -hmm. is this kind of... How did this conflict get started? What's really happening here? We yeah. don't know and we don't really need to know. So, let's do some Sonic news. Sonic news! News! So let's talk about E3 for real. Yeah. There's a lot of Sonic stuff that came out, and I just want to talk a little bit. We've we've chatted some about it on the episode of the Sonic show we were on this week. One bit of Sonic news is that we were guests on the Sonic show Opinion Zone. They were so nice to us and had us on, and and we had a really great conversation with them. It was super, super fun, and you should check it out if you get a chance. That's a podcast, by the way. I know you know that, but like (laughs) you can download it on podcasts. You can download it in the podcast world. The Sonic show (laughs) Opinion Zone. Yeah. 
We were on it last week at the time that this will come out. Right, but it was like, but we didn't really get to go in depth on a lot of E3 stuff. What did yeah. you What did you see on the E3 show floor that really got you going? <laughs> okay, so first of all, Sonic Mania, it's still incredible. It looks so good. We've seen a lot of really cool bosses. That was one thing for both games, Forces and Mania. They revealed some twists on old bosses that I was super oh, excited about. yeah, like what? Uh, like the Sonic Forces one starts with there's a boss that starts as the classic boss from the very first Sonic game where the ball is just swinging under Eggman's yes. robot, but mm-hmm. in this case, it's a saw blade. Mm-hmm. And then halfway through the battle, instead of ending right there, it turns into the Egg Dragoon from a game that we haven't played yet. What? And then you have to do a completely different boss battle where like rockets are getting shot at you and it gets a lot more complicated a lot cool. very quickly. And the idea that both of these games are pulling on past stuff and trying to isolate like what was the good stuff from all of this. Yeah. Which generations could have done but right. from everything i've heard generations ended up being a little bit of a mess like uh-huh. it didn't quite nail that it seems like having christian whitehead in front of sonic mania having uh the the current sonic team focusing really hard on like uh, improving on the formula for sonic generations with sonic forces it seems like we have a possibility of having two like landmark sonic games this year yeah they're both looking really good mm-hmm. on the sonic mania front i saw that um, there's an artist I follow on Twitter, Paul Veer, uh, has been working on Sonic Mania along oh, with a cool. number of other, like, basically, like, indie pixel artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Veer worked on Nuclear Throne and a bunch of other great stuff. Uh, and yeah. he's, I really admire his work. And so he announced that he and several other people who I was not as familiar with had been working in secret as part of the Sonic Mania team. That's so cool. And it's so interesting. Um, uh, David the Lurker, when we were like off the air mm-hmm. for the Sonic show, told us some more about like the team that pe- people I was not really aware of. But like, there are so many people who have done their own work, yeah. done their own projects, worked on other teams, um, usually smaller scale teams, mm-hmm. who have gotten absorbed into the Sonic Mania team, and they've really infused it with a lot of strong independent talent and people who have very strong visions of their own. Mm-hmm. And everything we see about Sonic Mania just seems like i don't understand when somebody sees the chemical zone with like the goo and the bouncing and all that there's so much cool stuff it looks so inventive within the established framework Mm -hmm. i don't understand how somebody sees that and goes like oh chemical zone again like what are you talking about it's it's fresh it's new it's different takes on the things i think it's i think it's so so exciting yeah i think it'll be really really fun both of those games look just like there's so much potential. Yeah. It's like, I'm so, so, so ready to see what they actually pull out for yep. it. Um, and, and everything then, I've heard, for, you know, from other people on the show floor who've gotten to play. I haven't really gotten to play very many games, but, <laughs> you know, I've been, uh, uh, I had to stay in the line for food for a long time mm-hmm. and just like other stuff like that. It's it's so hot. It's so hot here, but we're making it somehow. <laughs> um, people who've been playing, uh, I've heard people say that Sonic Mania just just plays great it plays like you'd expect it to yeah uh, and um i can't remember if there's a playable demo of sonic forces yet i th- i'm not sure i think there might be some gameplay of the yes there is because some people have been playing the like avatar levels yeah cool and so i'm yeah gosh i'm just really excited about it just those looks great yeah i wear i don't have a lot it's so hard to like come up with stuff for news sometimes because sure. usually it's just this happened and i'm ready for and it. it looks great <laughs> so if you didn't see it you can see it yeah Oh, the, oh, we can talk about the villains trailer a little bit. Oh, sure. They released a trailer with a whole bunch of new, with a whole bunch of old villains plus one weird new one yes. that popped up halfway through E three with uh, chaos from the adventure game was uh-huh. in it, and then uh, just like the goopy water monster chaos. Is that that's Alex Mack. That's the Alex Mack is a a teen girl who turns into water. Um, oh. from Nickelodeon. <laughs> yeah, it's Alex Mack. Okay, Alex Mack chaos. Um, and then we also saw Shadow the Hedgehog, and yep. we saw who else was there? Uh, it wasn't Mephilus, but it looked like a, there was kind of a weird. So that so the the weird one, the last one, because there was somebody else in that yeah in that crowd of villains. Oh, that Metal I Sonic was there. Oh, Metal Sonic was there. Yes. Yep. So it was Metal Sonic and Chaos and Shadow were all hanging yeah. out, and then there was this new creature that looked like a bat uh-huh. that was wearing like full armor over their head and face. Uh huh who like hovered up into the sky and then we were shown this like infinity symbol like that like turn and clicked and it's somebody that we've never seen before yeah i've seen some jokes that maybe it's rouge the bat in yeah. armor which would rule that but would it's be not. amazing <laughs> yeah it would be incredible but i don't think it's her okay 
And it's it was weird and maybe a little bit worrisome. Like there's a little like there's the first response when you say that, like holy crap, all of them, and then you go, oh no, all of them. <laughs> Like, is that too many? Yeah, is that, is that so much? Because we were so excited about Eggman. But I was, I'm, I'm still, you know, it remains to be seen how it plays out. Mm-hmm. But it could be possible to have all of these bad guys as just, like, bosses in different regions. Yeah. Right? And if Eggman, this just occurred to me, if Eggman has taken over the entire world. And then feudally handed them exactly, pieces of it. Yeah. You need, you need leaders for different sections. And so that, it could play well yeah it could be cool to have them all that way but the but it creates the possibility for the story to be muddier than it needed to be mm-hmm. necessarily but on the other hand if you're not fighting eggman at the end of every stage then that means when we do fight eggman it'll be dramatic and fun exactly yeah so it, it, we're we don't know how that's going to play out it's one of those like oh okay good luck <laughs> um but that, maybe that's better than introducing a bunch of arbitrary giant boss robots yeah like if they're all controlled or if there's you know different encounters with these different um sort of more peer sized Mm -hmm. uh enemies that could be really cool something a lot of people are talking about and that i think i agree with is that it is a very cool and good idea for them to be going back to like what's working what in the past has worked really well and like studying that like using these games as a chance to study like what is going to be fun for people sonic wise but the important thing is that after this is that we find a way out of that Mm -hmm. like that eventually it finds a way to progress forward and create stuff that doesn't rely on this kind of studying this kind of direct studying and is able to like understand what's good about it and then make totally new stuff yeah instead of just like tweaked and edited old stuff totally yeah yeah it looks good though Mm -hmm. and that's sonic news that's the sonic news So something I'm wondering yeah, right now mm-hmm. about what you would want to do. Tell me. Do you want to, next week, yeah. watch the first episode of Sat AM and decide which one we want to move forward with? Ooh, interesting. Or do we want to keep going with this one? My vote's actually for that, I think. They're both pretty similar. They're nearby the same time. But okay. we might be able to see, like, oh, which one do we want to spend time with right now? Okay, sure. That yeah. sounds fine. Cool. The Saturday AM, we, we said last episode that we were going to watch Sat AM and then we couldn't get it for free. And yeah. so we decide, so it, it is available. You can purchase episodes individually on YouTube, YouTube, yeah. and maybe on iTunes. Also, I don't know. Maybe so. Um, Tweet us if you know a place where we can legally stream it. Yeah, um, but and it's not on Hulu or Netflix, which are the ones that we have. <laughs> uh, just let me know because if yeah. there are other places where we can, then I might be able to find it. Yeah, but the so it, you won't be missing out if you did watch Saturday Saturday AM. Yeah, like we will do that now. Yeah, we'll, we'll try go to get that, that watched. We'll, We'll drop the we'll drop the cash. <laughs> this will be the first time we've uh, spent money. Spent money on one. Of, no, that's not true. We, no, we've, we've spent money. We've we've, <laughs> we've spent money. I was like, no, we just happened to have already been paying for Hulu and Netflix subscriptions. But uh, it is uh, no, we've put some money into the games and other things. That's mm-hmm. fine. You know, not that much. Whatever. This is we run a tight ship. <laughs> So, well, yeah, we'll watch that AM next week. All that then... sponsorship money we have from last week. <laughs> <laughs> and then talk about which one we like better and which one we want to keep watching okay. moving yeah. forward. And that'll let us get more of an overview. That We will have then watched all of, like, at least one episode of every major TV series. Yeah, that'll be really cool. Cool. Wow, we've come so far. We really, really have. Thank you guys so much for coming along with us. Thank you for joining us. Speaking of which, if you get a chance, you should add a review on itunes if you can yeah a couple new people had written reviews in the last month or so very very sweet super sweet thank Mm -hmm. you so much and it does help a lot it draws some attention to it it can get us up uh into a place where people when they're searching about video games Mm -hmm. can actually see our podcast Mm -hmm. and we see you guys every week like several of you are always talking about our podcasts and tweeting out to people and that's really really cool thank you so much uh and i want to repeat again that that really really helps us so if you get a chance to tweet about us or post about us on facebook or talk to your friends about our show like we are here for everybody yep sonic fans and people that are new to sonic all that so get your friends on board friends and fans alike mm-hmm. we have the another podcast every day's great uh-huh where we are kind of doing a let's play a weird podcast let's play mm-hmm. of persona where we play a week of the game every week of the podcast Persona four specifically yes mm-hmm. uh and then also this last week nick and i sang on a song that was the weather in night vale so that is the wildest thing that's ever happened <laughs> 
<laughs> Our friend Aaron Lovett has a band called Four Eyes, mm-hmm. and she's amazing, and we love her songs. And uh, we we sang we sang backup along with our friend Lucy mm-hmm. um, for a live show that she did last year for Halloween. Mm-hmm. And then one of the songs that we worked on there, we recorded another version of and submitted to be the Night Vale Weather in like December? Yeah. the end of December. So it's been six months since we submitted this thing. And then a few days ago, Aaron got us all together and was like, well, I got an email that said we're going to be on Night Vale. <laughs> and we all love Welcome to Night Vale and have had a really good time with that. And it was one of the most surreal experiences of my life to sit there with y'all and like listen to this episode that we're on. So now the most well-known our voices will ever be on podcasts. Exactly. We're on Welcome to Nightville for one episode. Uh, if you're That's not listening best. to it, if you're not listening to us real time and you're in the future, it's episode 110, Matryoshka. Yeah. So you can just like listen to the whole episode if you want, or you can like skip to the weather and listen to it, or you can buy our hit single, Everyone I Know Will Die on Bandcamp. It's yes. foureyes.bandcamp.com. Is that how that goes? Uh, I think so. Yeah. I think that might be the way that mm-hmm. they do their things. Yep, it's yep. four eyes and it's great. Yep. So, so that's all. That's we, we we were this week we were on Night Vale, the Sonic Show Opinion Zone. <laughs> Every day is great. Your two show. It was too much. <laughs> but it was really fun. Yeah. And um it is a pleasure mm-hmm. to be speaking with you now. <laughs> uh and I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to thank you, Caleb, for all the time that you've spent with me doing this. Thanks. I want to thank me, too. I want to thank me, too. I'm Caleb Zane Hewitt. <laughs> I'm Nick Splendor. And you're too All right, hit hit me again. Hi, Caleb. Hi, Nick. Tell me something true about you. Tell me something true. <laughs> um, tell me something factual. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know any other part of that song. Me either. I think that's the one that goes "Lean on me." <laughs> yeah, and then and then when you're not on, wrong. <laughs> later on, it's like. It's like stand, stand, stand by me. So lean d- on me, so darling. Stand by me. Stand by what you said, cause it's true. <laughs> Tell me the truth. <laughs> I see your true fact list shining through. <laughs> all, all those real true facts, I know they're all true. So don't be afraid <laughs> to tell. The truth. <laughs> well, I've been afraid of changes <laughs> to the facts I know are true. <laughs> but I get liar and children uh, are fired. <laughs> you know, children are the real fire. Children are so fire. Ha, 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 ha.